Hey friends, Coach Shelby and Coach Christine welcoming you in and letting you know it's time for brunch. So there is always an open table, a hot cup of coffee, and endless running fun to keep you moving and grooving. So lace up those shoes, put a smile on your face, and no, let's walk some miles. We're going to get started with our stretches, going to do a little bit of walking lunges today. So stand up tall, and we're going to bring our right foot forward, lunge down, come back to center using that front foot to push yourself back up, and then we're going to alternate and start that lunge with the left leg leading, and just keep walking forward. You kind of look like a duck. I think a duck works. I don't know. I'm going to stay with that because it's the first thing that came to my head, and usually your gut is always to be followed. So let's get a couple more of those steps and lunges going through. And then we're going to stand up tall and go right into our jumping jacks. Make that big X with your body and just reach for the stars, making sure that while we are getting that lower body into it, we're not overextending and hurting our hips or those inner thighs because let's face it, it's easy to give them a little extra stretch and feel a little twinge here and there but making sure we are engaging those glutes and getting a few more of those nice big movements in. And then we're gonna end it with my favorite. We're gonna squat and really make those buns feel like they are coming straight out of the oven. So feet a little bit more than shoulder width apart. We're gonna go ahead and squat down, remembering to drop our glutes down and not just stick out with our lower back. Maybe even taking a second here and holding that squat before coming back up, squeezing your glutes and making sure that all of that weight is distributed throughout your heels, not your toes. Gonna go ahead and do one more. And then I wanna see your best move, salsa, shimmy, shake, whatever you got, because I'm gonna throw it over to Coach Christine to get us moving forward and not in lunge form. Coach Christine, take it on over. Let's get these all going now. Hey, friends. Hello, Coach. I am so excited. Let's go ahead and get you guys moving forward in that walking warm-up for five minutes in three, two, and one. And, you know, if you guys decide you want to get, like, extra credit points that you want to do some walking lunges for five minutes, go for it. They make your run quite challenging, but we're also not going to hold you back if that's what you choose to do. Oh my God, that sounds horrendous. Why would you even want, I mean, I probably can make it like 30 seconds in walking lunges. They are intense. I feel like lunges are the ultimate lower body movement for me. Do you, what do you feel like? Which ones, what is your go-to or what do you feel you like? You know, like I'm going to, you love squats, but do you feel like they're as hardcore as lunges? I feel like lunges are, are next level. Why you got to hate, hate, hate? Um, yeah, no, I, I do get that. So other than squats. I would mm-hmm. probably say I've actually really loved RDLs. Um, okay, so which I don't know what it deadlift. stands for. I think it's rear. No, it's RDLs. It's definitely a deadlift, guys. We are now googling. <laughs> so I, I'm gonna have to include that. So Romanian deadlift. Romanian deadlift. Romanian deadlift. Okay, totally didn't know that. I thought it read such rear or something. We'll include a, a tutorial video in the newsletter so you actually can visualize what we're talking about. But um, I love them. They've done wonders for my hamstrings and really just made me more mindful of all of the muscles in my lower body versus just the, the, the buzzword ones like quads. 
and uh, calf raises and all of the different ones that come to your mind. So definitely try the RDLs. They are a game changer. So yeah, it looks like when you looking at the difference between the RDL and the traditional like stiff leg deadlift, that is the biggest difference is that the RDL targets the hamstring, which I believe is such a good one for us runners to really incorporate because a lot, especially female runners, we tend to be more quad dominant. And it's interesting that we're talking a lot about this coach because we are actually going to be talking a lot about our bodies and our body images and our confidence associated with different body parts for today. So should we get into discussing a little bit about today's game? Because again, that newsletter, folks, you should have had the game of the week in preparation for this run. But if not, sign up in episode notes so we can get it your way. Yes, I'm really excited about this because we've all heard about gratitude miles to where each mile you pick something that you're thankful for or grateful for. Um, A lot of people will do this during big races to just stay within themselves. Um, But we're twisting it a little bit and we're going to still make it a gratitude mile. But each mile or quarter mile, depending on what your workout's going to be, we want you to pick one part of your body that you're usually really hard on and maybe feel a little down about. And we want to flip the script. And instead, we want you to think about why you appreciate it, why it is good, why it helps you do activities or allows you to do different things. And even if you don't want to pick a specific body part, go ahead and think about, okay, I'm grateful for my lower body because, or I'm grateful for my upper body because, or hey, I'm grateful I have a body in general. Like, I'm just happy I'm here. That counts too. But just training our mind to flip the script and find the good when it can be hard, which I struggle with. I don't know if you do, Christine. Uh, who doesn't struggle with it at some point, maybe even several points throughout the day. I'm curious though, since we're talking about this, would you give us an example of a gratitude mile that you would use? Uh, one I've really been working on actually is my body in general because I've been struggling a lot with my body image and I've been trying to keep reminding myself that my body allows me to do so much and it's okay to have those parts that, you know, might be less than shiny and bright that I love, but at the end of the day, I have the ability to do so much and I need to focus on the greater good versus picking myself apart because it's not making me feel any better. So coach, I have an answer for this and it's if you aren't feeling shiny and bright, you just throw some glitter on it, girlfriend, and you are good (laughs) to go. Like just highlight it with some sparkles and you are ready. So friends, go ahead and put in that little shiny, sparkly image a little bit of pixie dust, if you will, because we're going to go into our first block for 20 minutes in this endurance block, and we're going to kick it off in 10. Oh. Shaking it out, getting the shimmers going. I'm literally doing shimmers in the air, and you guys can't see it. <laughs> in three, two, one, let's rock it. We need to get you branded glitter. We might have to do a TFB branded glitter something or another. I feel like I would love that because I have been, like there's a lot of things that I don't know about, but glitter I do. I know different grades of glitter. I know about like ones that are better for 
the environment than others, biodegradable glitter. So friends, we can break out a little bit of shimmer in the, in the near future. We'll see what happens. But coach, let's go ahead and go into this block and talk a little bit about this one. We're going we're gonna to go ahead and talk a little bit more about like the upper body. And I'd love for you to kind of kick this off and, and get into the conversation a little bit. Because you mentioned during the warm-up that you've been struggling with body image a lot. Do yes. Feel comfortable yes. talking about it. I mean, I guess so, because we're, we're going to dive into this. Um, so this is a great time as we're starting off on the run to pay attention to that upper body. Because again, we talk about it that a lot of times our upper body is neglected because we think as runners, walkers, what have you, that our upper body doesn't do much. But we know firsthand, check your posture, stand up tall, make sure your shoulders aren't creeping up to your ears. And um, I'd probably say my upper body doesn't play into my lack of body confidence as much. Mm -hmm. um, I'm probably definitely more in the lower body midsection type of uh, beating myself up camp. But yeah, I've, I've had a really hard time with body image lately. I've always struggled with my body image and my weight from a very young age. Um, I was always the quote unquote chunkier kid. It was just the way I was built. I was not uh, given the genes of not struggling with my weight and I've been on every diet up down you name it I've done it okay so I was born at 11 pounds so if that gives you any I know you've got ouch <laughs> oh somebody's had a child I'm like oh my god ow yeah I was I, I, I was quite literally just too big for the world <laughs> at the very beginning so I've never been small either um, and I think I've been on every horrible diet as well. Um, probably the worst diet that comes to mind ever, 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 ever was, do you remember that really horrible lemonade cleanse, whatever, where it was like cayenne pepper with maple syrup, which I don't like maple syrup anyway. And like oh. lemonade basically. It's a juice cleanse of some sort. Wait, but I got to back up for a second. Did you just say there's a maple syrup you don't like? Because you are the sweet queen. So I did we just I, find something? I don't like syrup at all. Like, so yeah. for team sweet, I cannot, I can't even sit at a table if somebody's using a lot of maple syrup. Something about the aroma just doesn't, it doesn't do it for me. I don't, I don't like corn syrups. I don't like syrup. I just, it's not my jam. What, but that doesn't mean that I'm still not team sweet. Like I love like bright puddings and like almond sweet croissants or gosh, let me think. I mean, pretty much everything else. It's just something about syrup. It's too, it's too syrupy sweet. It is. I just oh, okay. don't like it. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll, we're definitely going to have to, like, as you would say, unpack that at yeah. a different time because <laughs> I have lots of questions. Um, but yes, I, they actually talked about that diet in the movie Made of Honor with Patrick Dempsey. And I didn't realize for the longest time that, that was a real quote unquote diet. Mm -hmm. um, and that sounds horrendous. It was horrendous. I think I, I lasted about 90 minutes on it. I'm pretty sure it was like, <laughs> like the shortest diet ever. Because I was like, I am already grumpy. Like just going into this, knowing that I'm not literally allowed to eat according to this diet rules. And then I'm not going to be able to eat again in a few hours. I just have to drink a glass of lemonade is the worst thing ever. So another reason why I think that we're so into what we do and having this conversation is because we probably have run the gamut of all of these miserable um just they make you feel crummy and let's talk about that the diet industry is a multi-billion dollar industry 
that is built on insecurities for the most part. Most people that are selling you a master cleanse are not really caring about your health benefits. They just want to oversell or overprice lemonade, basically, is what it comes down to. And it does. And I think the word diet in general has such a negative connotation Mm -hmm. now because everything we eat is part of our diet. Mm -hmm. It's not a bad word. And there are some conditions or some body makeups that do require specialized diets where they can't have certain things. And that's a whole different end of the spectrum. But we're more talking about the crash diets, the fad diets. And there's a lot of very, very successful companies that promote these eating habits and everything that on the surface look productive. They look like they are meant to help you. But at the end of the day, they're not. And I have beef to pick or bone to pick, whatever the saying <laughs> I have beef picks. <laughs> I have beef picks with a lot of these bigger companies that I personally had used in the past. And I've talked about that I got into running to lose weight and I lost about 60 pounds, Mm -hmm. which for health reasons, I did need to, to lose weight. That was one of the things that was a necessity for me. And then I got pregnant and then I gained it all back. And then I had the baby and it was a struggle to get back to a healthier area that I needed to be in for my overall health, not even from a vanity point. And it's it's a journey. It's hard to find a way to love your body regardless of the season you're in. And truth be told, I'm having one of those seasons right now to where I don't feel good. I'm not happy with where I'm at. And trying to dissect if it's from a health standpoint or a vanity standpoint is very, very difficult. Well, I think it's important to know that you can love yourself exactly where you're at and still want to improve on just different facets. Maybe it's a metric thing that really that you're gravitating towards in terms of wanting to be able to perform stronger in the gym or be able to last longer on your runs without getting tired. So maybe that's something that you may want to improve. And I'm just using you, anyone who's listening in, you may want to work on improving that. That doesn't mean that you don't love where you're at right now that you recognize or that you can't recognize like, Hey, I'm working towards that. That's not maybe where I'm at right now, but I appreciate that it's something that I can work toward and still appreciate myself where, where I'm at today. So How do you feel that it's hard? Like, how do you start to unravel? Like, is this more of because I've been programmed to associate like that standard beauty definition versus is this more of a health standpoint? How do you do it? I, I always try to talk to myself like I would a friend or an athlete and unpack why I'm feeling a certain way. And right now, I'd honestly say for me personally, it's 50-50. It's part societal expectations, narratives, and the, the picture of what should be. And then actually not feeling good, not feeling like I have energy, not feeling like I have the push to do things, or maybe not making the best choices for things that are going to make me feel good. Mm-hmm. And I'm big into intuitive eating, 
and finding my footing within that, which I, I do wholeheartedly believe in because I'm not a big fan of cutting out foods that, again, for are unnecessary for a non-medical reason. Um, and for me especially, because I am young by all intents and purposes, I've had a child and people think that you just bounce back and you maintain that. Well, my kid just turned five, and I can definitely tell you that I did not lose weight fast. I did not get back to my pre-baby body. And even though my childbearing years are now going to be behind me, it's not like it's all status quo and sunshine and rainbows. Well, it's interesting that you say that, Shelby, because there's always that, you know, I, I don't have children. And I, I joke, but I say this really with full honesty. I think that we tend to have expectations of ourselves in terms of like, you may put it into your mind where I should be bouncing back to my pre-pregnancy weight when I've never had a kid. And I still have like, there's no such thing as me getting back to pre-pregnancy weight because I've never been small. So it's, it's quite literally one of those things as to how do you start to get around the fact that no one's really watching if you look the way that you did before you had your child, but how does that help you still feel comfortable where you're at today? Because it is, I mean, you want to feel comfortable in your own skin. No, and that's where, like we've talked about seasons of running, seasons in my life, like people always like to use the buzzwords, the buzz phrases of don't use excuses or push past your excuses. And I'll kind of have that internal narrative myself like, okay, am I making an excuse or am I having a valid reason? And I'm not a big believer in that phrase as a whole, but over the past three years, we've had a pandemic, (laughs) which no one was prepared for. Mm -hmm. Uh, I made a career change. I then, well, we lost jobs that we both loved. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a surgery and I had COVID and all of these things. And that's not excuses. That's just life. Yeah, and those I are think, facts. Yeah. And I think when we stop trying to be perfect and seem like nothing bothers us, that's when the progress really happens. And I know that I say I've struggled with confidence pretty much my whole life. You haven't had that, though. You've always kind of pretty much had some confidence. No, I won't say necessarily. So I had a lot of confidence, I think, as a child. And then I got hit with all of that stuff of, you know, being the heaviest. I was the only Hispanic girl in a primarily um, traditionally, like, I guess, traditional white American school. So having the mom who spoke Spanish, and I got picked on about that quite a bit. Got picked up for having a weird last name and having a lazy eye. So there was definitely a lot of different things that may have impacted my confidence for a pretty long time, but somewhere I did start to flip the script and started to do a lot of that inner reflection and work. And that really was a game changer because whether I've been at my biggest weight, which for me was like, doesn't really necessarily matter, but it was definitely a much higher weight than what I feel my best at. Um, And for the record, I was still running at that weight as well. So it was kind of like when people say that they want to, that I should, you should look a different way because you're a runner. There is nothing that's so untrue. Like I've quite literally was running at my heaviest weight running now that I'm not at that specific weight. Um, No, somewhere along the ways, I started to flip the script of 
I wanted to make decisions because I loved my body, not because I wanted to change my body necessarily. Do I want to be the healthiest version of what I can be? Do I love uh, feeling strong and empowered? And even from a very just aesthetic standpoint, there's something that I, I gravitate towards, like being able to have shoulders that pop. And I like that. So I do like being able to look that way specifically, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I don't love myself when I don't have it. Like right now, haven't been. I did have a little bit of a shoulder injury, so I have been a bit more um, pulling back on what I do in the weight room. So I don't have quite the same definition that I had. I still think it's amazing though that I'm getting out there and getting some movement in. So I did do a lot of the work. I also think culturally that helps because culturally most people in the Hispanic community or Latino communities tend to gravitate towards like a curvier frame. It's just not, it's just different. So I, I think maybe there's a little bit of that that helps. Having a mother who had a lot of body self, uh, body confidence helped a lot. And for me running, because I always come back to being able to move my body and being grateful, which is so wonderful that we're talking about this with the gratitude miles. So this is a great time again for friends, check in with your form. We're talking a little bit about upper body here. So maybe be grateful for those shoulders or your neck or even your chest line. I'm very small chested and I'm actually love it now. Like I'm like, (laughs) it's like, it's great because I don't have to worry necessarily about certain clothes, not being able to fit as well. Um, It's really comfortable to be able to run. If you're very large chested, great. Like that's wonderful embracing that. So finding that gratitude. So gratitude was a big component for me in helping that body confidence. I think also for me, a big one is, and I've mentioned it to you before, I'm a really big fan of dressing up for myself. And so I feel most confident when I spend a little, what I consider some time in, in dressing differently. So even if it's like wearing a different outfit for a run or even my pajamas, I like to just have a little bit more care because I feel different. It just gives me that extra sense of confidence. For different people, that's very, again, the younger generation doesn't necessarily have that. Um, They feel very confident in wearing maybe the same outfit for a few days. And I'm like, hey, go for it. But for me, it just, it looks a little different. I actually, during the pandemic, especially, I forced myself to get dressed every day. And for the record, I've given up though on fixed waisted pants. I cannot tell you the last time I wore a pair of jeans or jean shorts. You can tell what I gravitate towards. All of my pants are stretchy right now because it makes me feel a heck of a lot better and I'm rolling with it because why not? So everybody thinks that I'm such a fancy dresser because I wear dresses a lot and I'm like, it's because they're hella comfortable. Like seriously, (laughs) if anybody, I have the exact same thing, Shelby. It's just, I just decided to wear a dress that it's super comfortable. They don't have that super tight, like I hate jeans for the most part (laughs) because of that. And I've never really found jeans that I feel like really fit my body type well since I am so, I'm very lower half heavy. I'm very pear shaped. So I completely understand that. But yeah, I, I feel like confidence while I may struggle with it sometimes is something that I have harnessed over the years and worked towards over the decades. And then that last uh, discussion that we had when we had Applesauce Amy, which we can always link in these episode notes as well for friends that want to hear more about that. But definitely that next step was 
um, really having a normal, healthy relationship with food. So for me, I feel like that was like that last level up that I needed for having that body confidence. And I remember when we had the conversation with Amy, where she asks her clients that come to her who want to lose weight, if you could perform how you want at this exact weight, would that be okay? And with we come to the last couple minutes of this first endurance block, I remind you guys to think about your body. And we all have stuff we'd like to change. But if you could do the activities that you wish to do, and perform the way that you want to in the body you have right here, right now, would that change your thinking? Would that flip of the switch go, yeah, that would be enough? And I'd like to think that the majority of us us would say, yes, we love our body enough as long as we could do what we want. That might not be the case, and that's also okay. I think there's a really strong narrative with body confidence that We have to love every part of us. Mm -hmm. We have to love our stretch marks. We have to love our scars. We have to love this and that. And it's another thing that I find while well-intentioned can also add to the pressure. Like I have stretch marks. Do I love them? No, but I can also put my thoughts in their place. And it's like, I have stretch marks from growing. I have Mm -hmm. stretch marks because my body grew another human. So... I can't be mad at them, but I don't have to love them at the same token. That's an interesting conversation for sure, because I do think that it is, that goes back to what I was saying. You can love yourself where you're at or appreciate where you're at and still want to make a different change. So while you do need to probably come to a good recognition of, likely there's not a lot that you could do with stretch marks because there are going to be certain things in our bodies that we just can't change no matter what we do. It's still having a, I guess, a relationship where you're willing to agree to disagree (laughs) with them. Like, hey, you're here. It is what it is kind of a thing. Do you feel like, does it change what you're willing to wear? Are you, do you feel like you are bound by that hesitation? Like not, do you feel less secure about wearing a sports bra because it might just a sports bra instead of a tank top because you can't cover them or going to the beach and not wearing a swimsuit because you don't want to highlight them. Just curious. It's interesting because my stretch marks never have really bothered me per se. I do believe my body structure has played more of a role into wardrobe choices, which some I buck up against and I'm like, hey, I might not love my arms, but I'm wearing a tank top because it's balls hot out. Right. <laughs> I mean, That's a big one, I think, for us down here, too. Like, there's yeah. like, so much you can decide to hide behind clothes and then not actually end up with a heat stroke. So- right. And even <laughs> shorts and running. I can't run in, sh- in leggings, except for when it's our version of cold out. I have to have shorts. And while I might not love my thighs... Those bad boys are getting broken out because if not, it is too hot to trot for me. I'd much rather feel a little uncomfortable than be sweating bullets, which we're going to put to the test right now because we're going to push it up for a one minute push. We want you to step on the gas in three, two, one, bring it to about a six on the effort scale between a one and a 10. 
just enough challenge for this minute to feel like you're burning some rubber, you're getting out there, and then we're going to pull it back for a one-minute walk. We're building in the spice today, which I know this was a little bit of my brainchild, Christine. Would you tell me I'm crazy for this, or would you lean into this push? No, I love it, and I actually love that you are talking about maybe choosing clothes that might be out of your comfort zone a little bit, but you know that you need to because of being comfortable in terms of like heat and all that, and then creating a little bit of heat with this push. So I think it's a, it goes perfectly, and I also love that, folks, you can challenge yourself. I mean, you can. You're here for just 10 more seconds. We're going to have a walk waiting for you in 60 seconds, or you can bring it back into a light conversation pace. Let's go in three, two, and one, and then maybe go ahead, and this is a great marker of using this opportunity these next 60 seconds to reflect on gratitude for your body and checking in with how you feel right now after that push. It's a really great metaphor too, because I love good metaphors, but you have those times that your thoughts are racing. They feel fast. They feel out of control. And then a lot of times when you take hold or you wear the tank top or you wear the shorts, the buildup was a lot worse than what it actually was. And I can guarantee you, well, yes, there will always be some asshole that makes a comment. The majority of the time, no one's going to say shit to you. And so... Do you think yeah. really, I mean, does somebody actually say something to you? Do people, people hide a lot behind being mean and trolling on the internet, but would they really say something to your face? Let's talk, let's talk about that in that next segment. Cause I want to talk about that too. In five, four, three, two, and one, let's get tall. Let's lean into this next endurance block friends. So you think that you have people that would actually judge you in public? Oh, I've had it before. I've been yelled at from a car. Yeah, I was crossing the street and a lady wasn't stopping and I kind of threw my hands up exasperated and she took the time to roll down her window and said, calm down explicit that I'm not going to say and said, lose some weight, fatty. Shut the front door. At the time, I believe I was 16 or 17. Oh my goodness. Yep. So I've never experienced that. I'm literally, I'm trying to go through like the Rolodex of my brain. And the problem or one of my best attributes is that if it, <laughs> I could have blocked it out. I'm thinking, I really don't feel like I've experienced that before. I mean, besides being a child and being picked on, absolutely. I mean, kids were yeah. super mean. But as an adult, I guess 16 is adultish enough. I can't think of a time where that's actually happened. I'm sure that I have had plenty of folks raise an eyebrow with some of my clothing choices, um, maybe not being what they would feel comfortable with, or maybe sickering behind, like, you know, whispering to each other. But I don't think I've actually had anybody say it to me. So how did that impact you? And how do you feel like, for anyone who has experienced that, do you feel like that's something that you kind of have to work through, pushing that next time that you go out into public and something that you feel maybe a little bit like a sports bra. The first time I went out for a run in a sports bra, I thought that like there had been an announcement. Maybe there was a skywriter where it's like Christine is running in a sports bra and everybody's going to be looking at me. And I think I realized about 10 minutes and nobody cares. Really, they just don't care. <laughs> I remember when I started to run in a sports bra and right now having a not so great body image myself, I admit that I've not ran in a sports bra. I've put a shirt on over it just because I can't 
I can't make myself comfortable enough right now. And I'm okay, okay. with that. It'll it'll be a thing. Um, but yeah, it was it took me a while to not let it make me feel like crap, even now thinking about it. But then I couldn't get over the fact that here I am, a teenager, and this quote unquote adult, if we can even call her that, says that to me. And it's just like, did your day get any better by telling me that? So if you have experienced it, first of all, I'm sorry, because it sucks and they're schmucks. But I always, again, it's all about turning my thoughts of how miserable does that person have to be to really do that? And then you kind of feel sad for them. Like, not sad enough to where I'm going to, like, say, oh, I'm so sorry you're hurting. Have a wonderful day. I'm still just going to turn my back and give them the middle finger in my head because I don't do that out in public. But it really is sad. Like, as bad as you feel about yourself, how crappy does that person have to be to say those things to a complete and utter stranger? So likely what I can think of is that this is an individual who also has extreme body issues or confidence issues, because I don't believe that that would come from a place of someone who feels confident in themselves. Um, right. But yeah, there are just some people who are just crummy people. But gosh, I, that's, that's absolutely horrible. I'm so sorry. Thanks. I mean, again, it was a long time ago, but even image and body image, I think supersedes just a weight topic. Even when I was pregnant, I look very young. I have always looked very young and I've dealt with that stigma in a professional setting, in a personal setting. And especially when I was pregnant, a lot of people would give me dirty looks and assume that I was super young, which shouldn't be that either. I mean, hey, it, it is what it is. No one has the right to look down on you. But I brought my mom to a lot of my doctor's appointment because my husband was working and I didn't want to go alone. I wanted my mommy. <laughs> and right. people would think that I was a teenager who was pregnant, who needed a guardian with me. And again, who is it for them to judge, first of all? And I think becoming a mom for me personally did make me a little bit stronger because now I'm fighting not only for my mental well-being around body image, but I'm also going to be raising a young, impressionable daughter, which not that men don't get hit with body image expectations and everything of that nature, but I can relate because I did grow up as a young girl and my daughter will more than likely and unfortunately run into a lot of those same stereotypes and stigmas and even now people will make comments how she's small she's she's a, a bean she's tiny she was not blessed with height by my husband and I sorry honey you're never gonna probably be an NBA <laughs> or a WNBA player but it's one of those tours she's healthy there's no concerns thank you have a nice day please stop commenting on my child I do think there is a lot of that where I'm curious though do you also feel like it's now turned like the other way where it's hard to give a compliment to people because of the fact that because I think you've said that you make sure that you try to make sure that your compliments are not physically based I do I do make a conscious effort and I do think that the pendulum kind of has swung the other way to where now you can't maybe necessarily tell somebody if they look nice because in all fairness you don't know 
what they're dealing with. So I always, if I say an auto correct into giving a physical compliment, I always try to then give a non-physical compliment. So even with my own daughter, I'll say you look beautiful and so strong or so smart. Because I also feel like strong is kind of that middle ground mm-hmm. because it can be applied mentally, physically, what have you. So we actually, I took the saying from the movie, The Help, and made it my own. I love it. And I'll yeah. tell her, you are strong, you are smart, you are kind, and you are important. And I'll stand with her in the mirror and say those affirmations with her. And I'll say, show me your muscles. And to where even though it's a physical attribute, it's more about like a power stance and taking pride in the you are strong. Maybe you might not look built, but you are strong. Well, I love that you said this because in going back a little bit into the conversation where you had this horrible human being say that to you when you were 16, it... To me, when I hear you talking about now affirmations, basically, because you're basically giving your daughter an affirmation, um, it goes to show like friends that you're running here right now and you're, or you're walking, whatever it is that you're moving your body with. It's so important to recognize that those words that you hear externally that still have a very lasting impact on you, you're doing that quite often to yourself, likely. So if you're having a lot, if you're spending more of your energy and your time on like, like that inner critic, and you're self-judging or you're constantly saying bad things about yourself, it's so hard for you to start really building that next layer of confidence until you start to actually speak kindly to yourself. And it's so easy for us to speak kindly to others or to give your affirmation to your daughter. Yet I find that we tend to feel a little fraudulent and a little hokey when we give ourselves affirmations. Do you actually utilize them? Do you like look at yourself in the mirror and and say them? Do you feel like a total cheese ball when you do it? How do you utilize affirmations for yourself? Oh, I totally feel like a cheese ball. I I think I'm like trying to win an Academy Award, but I've stopped looking around myself when I'm saying them. And I force myself to look in the mirror in my eyes. Good. I love that. always making sure because it kind of laser focuses you and makes you focus and you almost go like in a trance like state I always think of the is it the snake from Jungle Book that like controls you with the eye (laughs) yeah (laughs) everything goes back to food or running or Disney (laughs) yes I know exactly what you're talking about so a little you kind of do a little bit of entrancement a, a, a little snake charming with yourself basically Yes. Now, do you? I know you do love affirmation. Oh, Next oh to sparkles, gosh. I think that's probably your favorite thing. <laughs> but do you yeah. use them all the time? Yes, I really do feel like I do. So I spend about anywhere from two minutes if I'm very tired to 25 minutes before bed. Um, I'm journaling, and again, I've told people I, I have a habit that I've created with journaling, where I've now gone on. I think. I think I'm going on the third year of journaling every single day. And for me, a lot of that is spending time in affirmations. And I really do believe a lot of ways in that what we say out into the world, we start to believe and act. So 
trying not to get into too much hokiness. I know that law of attraction is, is a weird one for folks and not a lot of people are big believers in it and kind of think it's hocus pocus. And I, I get that, but I think it's important to recognize that with laws of attraction, it's not that you're necessarily going to say, I'm going to be a millionaire and you're going to just find a lottery ticket. It's about starting to believe that you're worthy of these things so that you make decisions based off of whatever it, it could be. So by using the affirmation of, I am strong or I am consistent. Well, it reminds me like, what is my priority? My priority is not necessarily to be 135 pounds. It's to be consistent with my workouts or it just, it helps you to kind of recognize where your value system is. And I think that that's what builds into your everyday actions that help you get to that point. So you may not feel consistent when you first start that affirmation, but knowing that you consistently say it, you'll start to make decisions based off of that so that you can feel like that affirmation is something that you actually believe in yourself. And it's, again, I go back to this analogy, is the chicken or the egg? It really, I, you have to almost start using those affirmations so you can start to really believe those things. You're not necessarily going to sit in front of the mirror your first 28 times out and believe any of the things that you're saying, but you will come to that point. I think that's why I lean into music a lot because of the Mm. lyrics. And one of my favorite things to do when I'm not actually feeling so good about myself is dance and do my version of twerking, which no, before you ask, we are not (laughs) playing that on social media. That is my, that is my twerking for no one else to see other than my husband who has walked in and he just is like, damn. And I think that's actually what went into my love for squats because I used to hate my butt. And now I love my butt. I don't know what it is, but strength training and doing squats, I'm like, my butt is my best feature to me now. (laughs) I am so down with that. That's great. So dancing, there is a lot of uh, actual science done about how dancing for a few minutes a day can completely alter your mood. Evidently, there's actual physical gestures that we can do with our bodies that start to reprogram our brain in terms of how good we feel. So friends... That's why when we say, if you want to do instead of a 60 second walk, if you want to dance that out a little bit, feel free to do so. We're definitely not judging. Actually, quite on the contrary, we would cheer you on if we were right there next to you. Um, I think that's a big one, Coach. It's learning how to joyfully move your body to start rewiring that connection. And that's what I think everybody's doing right here when you're running or you're walking or you're moving. You are prioritizing the time that you're taking for yourself and showing to yourself that you are important. Because ultimately, I highly doubt anybody who's running along to this is doing it because somebody's forcing them. Likely there's nobody who has an expectation where their significant other or their parent or their child or a friend is forcing them to run. At some point you're doing it because this is really what means a lot to you, which means you're important, which again goes back (laughs) to building that confidence. So it's all very, like that puzzle of playing into that puzzle coach if you're okay with it i am so down with the body confidence that i have like four playlists that are just for it i'd love to actually start a spotify for our time for brunch crew a spotify playlist all about body confidence and you guys dropping in some of your songs that make you feel super confident coach and i'll kick it off with a few of our favorites and we'll include that in our Time for Brunch Facebook community page. So if you haven't yet joined that newsletter, sign up, 
it'll get you right to that group page so that you can get that link and add in some of your favorite songs that make you feel like a total badass. I think that's a totally great idea because we've already been trying to do like a song a day on Instagram, which I love. And half the time I'll be sitting there like cooking breakfast and have a song in my head. I'm like, I like this one. So yeah, a little a little resting place for all those songs is a great idea. And I just got yes. a smile on my face with that. And I was going to say too, that's why I really encourage all athletes to smile on their runs because it does fill you up. And there's plenty of times I do not feel like smiling when I'm having the world's worst day or I'm going through a low mental health period and I don't want to smile. I I don't want to be joyful. I don't want to laugh. I don't want to do anything. But I encourage you right now, even if you don't feel like it, Give a smile. I don't care if it's a creepy smile, a weak smile, a big megawatt smile like Coach Christine just gave. As I'm saying it's this. A, it's a creepy smile. Made me laugh so much. <laughs> it's a clown smile like from the movie It, which I have not seen, obviously. But just smile. Relax your face and take a moment. Just force the merriment because it is also one of those things as somebody who does struggle with mental health. They, a lot of people will say, well, just smile. It fixes everything. It doesn't. But is the worst thing that happens as you smile and it still doesn't work? Okay, well, you tried. Let's let's move on and figure out what what's going to help us just feel a little less crappy about our body, about our mental health state, about anything. Because at the end of the day, it's worth trying and to keep working towards no matter how hard it is. And that's where I've been focusing like again I had surgery in the beginning of the year which was an outpatient I thought oh that means it's going to be super easy to recover it was not um and uh, since then I do think that was the beginning of my body image struggling because I couldn't work out I couldn't I barely could get out of bed which I was not anticipating and it took me probably two weeks to feel like I could just get up without pain and didn't even want to walk or run. I was having to eat, obviously, to live, but also because I was taking pain medication, just trying to feel okay. And ever since then, it's been really hard to find my mojo again. It honestly was the closest I was to like a postpartum recovery. Well, that definitely is a conversation that I want to tap into as well, because I think there are a lot of folks that may be returning to running here with us today after taking a hiatus due to medical issues or a potential injury or a bazillion different possibilities. Burnout. Because, yeah, exactly. Bazillion different possibilities. So I think it is important to remember while you may not feel like this is your best run, or maybe you actually feel like it is your shittiest run ever, (laughs) that it... You're still taking all of those really important steps for yourself and to be kind to yourself during the process, knowing that your mojo may take a little bit longer to percolate back, but eventually that love and that excitement for getting out for the run will reappear. I like how you said percolate. I like how you snuck in the coffee pun right there. Actually, interesting. I was thinking in a lab, like I keep seeing like these little potions and adding a little bit of this and a little bit of that and then kind of putting it on a Bunsen burner or whatever the case may be. So I don't know why I saw that in my head, but I did. I think it does take sometimes that there's a little bit of pinch of this and a pinch of that, which is why it is so important to like keep making those tweaks, going back to this confidence 
that is one of the primary things I do when I absolutely hate everything that has to do with my health or not health. I'm sorry, but like my fitness journey, specifically running, I will go choose a shirt that makes me incredibly happy. Or for me, I wear sparkle visors. My sparkle visors just give me that extra little bit of joy or a silly pair of sunglasses. Um, you know, I've been known to go running in costume. I've actually been thinking it's time for me to break out my unicorn costume and go out there and go for a run just because brings that sense of levity and joy that I know that is important to me to start recapturing that joy and love of running and feeling confident about myself again. So where do you think, what's next coach? What have you thought has worked best for you? And I know you've got about 90 seconds before you have that next push again. I know it seems like I'm being redundant, but really just kind of leaning into the feeling and dissecting it in a healthier way of, okay, you feel this, but giving myself some grace and then making small actionable items to where I'm back to running. I have been for months now. It's not consistent, but at the same time, I, before, back before I had lost weight initially and got into a healthier and healthier groove, I would have just given up because it wasn't easy. It wasn't what I was doing. I wasn't doing the mileage like I was. I wasn't doing the paces that I was. And I just had to let that go and been like, hey, you're at least trying. You're at least picking yourself back up. So I'm ahead. So it shows that my habits are there and I've grown. And I have to be proud of the fact that I'm striving for growth and consistency, not perfection. And that's where going into this one minute push, that's where I want you to bring your mind. You're not going for perfection here. You're not going for this magical unicorn-like pace. You're just doing your best. So let's hit it in three, two, and one. Take that push. Make it a little bit speedier than you think that you might have the other day. And even if it's nowhere near what your one mile PR is, I don't care. Christine doesn't care. The bird looking at you definitely doesn't care. They're probably just like, hey, you got a worm, want to share? I mean, it's just, that's the way it is. You have just over 30 seconds. Make it what you can and be proud that you're trying. And if you don't feel like trying this go around, we're going to have one more after this. The bounds that you're going to put on your body and your mind, that's going to be up to you to break. No matter what words we say, no matter what affirmations we give you, if you aren't going to put it in and try, that's what's going to stop you faster than trying and maybe falling a little short. So we're going to pull it back now in my long-winded rant into a walk in three, two, and one. Awesome work, friends. So this is a great time. Go ahead and start catching your breath a little bit. I also like when I do a push to spend the next 60 seconds and a little bit of a shakeout. So shake out those hands. I call it the shoulder shimmy and I'm doing it right now. (laughs) And a reach up for the sky. If you have any kind of tension going on, also resetting that posture. This is the perfect time to do so. I do spirit fingers as I'm bringing my arms down. I'm doing it right now. As you can hear my voice, like I'm like breathing in. And yeah, I do like sparkle, 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 sparkle. 
a little bit of that extra shimmer we talked about from the very beginning. <laughs> Making it magical for our final segment. I always think of Bring It On with that, The Spirit Fingers, which is a horrible I, movie if you really look at all of it. What? I love that movie. Oh, okay. Probably, oh, yeah. It's so toxic, but it's <laughs> it great. It probably didn't age well, yes. Yeah, it did not. <laughs> okay, friends, let's hit it back into our endurance block in three, two, and one. So, Coach, what affirmations do you use on the run? I always, I pick one word because I can't think straight on the run. Like I have all these Mm -hmm. ideas and I forget about them, but I usually go strong, consistent. Um, I'll do focused and I will say in control. My two word one that I do break to myself. And usually I break those out during my speed workout to remind myself not to surge forward and use up all the energy too fast. And that's why I say consistent. And probably why I use it so much in my day-to-day life. Wow, we're really unpacking a lot. I'm, do I need to charge for or pay for therapy here? This is good. <laughs> so consistency is one of the big things for me too. I used it as my power word. For, so I pick a power word at the beginning of every year. Instead of um, setting resolutions, I'm not a huge fan of those. I think I've discussed that with you off the mic. I'm not necessarily a big new year, new me fan. Actually, I probably don't like it at all. But... <laughs> I am a big fan of kind of setting a theme for the year and consistency was like my running word for two and and by running, I mean, it was just something that I had in every facet of my life, two or three years in a row. This year, I decided to pump it up a notch um, and I chose grit. I don't know if you're familiar at all with, there's a positive psychologist by the name of Angela Duckworth and she wrote a book called Grit and it is quite literally the hardest read I have ever had in my life. Like you need grit to get through it. (laughs) And it's just, um, it's such a great word for me because it's like the next level up of of consistency for me where I'm at in my life right now. And it's about like passion, needing perseverance to push through and that's where grit comes into play. And it just is phenomenal. And I was scared when I chose this word because I'm also such a big believer of like, if you ask for the universe to kind of come out and like surprise you with some challenges to make sure that you can actually own that word and feel confident saying that you're gritty, then it can happen. So I was like, am I ready for whatever it is that I'm about to embark upon by choosing grit as my word of the year? But I, I like it. I think it's worked out well for me so far. Um, so that's something that I definitely utilize for an affirmation. I tend to also use words instead of actual phrases. Um, So I'll just think of some of those phrases or words that mean a lot to me during that training. I also love using quotes from other people. So meaning like I'll reach out to friends and find out what quotes mean a lot to them right now. And I'll use those for races, actually. I'm a big fan of telling people, write down friends quotes on a little piece of paper and again in those Ziploc bags throw it in and I mean like a tiny little slip and when you have to start digging deep during that race pull out these little words of love and care and good quotes from all of your friends so that's definitely a recommendation I have for any of you guys that are getting ready for those races coming up so see I take it a next level I actually um, from the Brave Like Gabe Foundation I had a temporary tattoo Uh, Mm -hmm. on my marathon I put it on my arm so I could look because I don't have any real tattoos as of this moment check back I still really want one but uh, I'll do like temporary tattoos either like a symbol or ones that have short phrases 
to to have during races. It's become my little my little thing. I am so down with creating some of these time for brunch temporary tattoos for race kits for people. So you let us know, Coach, when you're ready for that. <laughs> oh my God, I haven't even thought about that. We did not talk about that before. That's a great idea. <laughs> I think so. We could probably get that going here soon. So friends, see, you're kind of partly in a run, partly in a brainstorming session. Welcome. <laughs> Drop us your favorite ideas or what you would like us to see us do. You can always hit us up on our email info at timeforbrunch.com. Again, also in episode notes. So this is the last block. This is where you're digging deep. This is your chance to think of your affirmation that means a lot to you. And of course, we'd love for you to share it with us on social media as well. But what would you say to yourself, coach? You're right here in your third endurance block. Maybe you're just having to dig deep. You're not feeling it would you say I'm consistent would you say or would you use one of these tattoos what would you tell our folks that are running right now I've always repeated myself you've got this especially mm-hmm. towards the end of these runs you've already come so far figuratively and literally you've already more than likely if you're feeling it now you've probably felt it on and off throughout the run and you still kept going whether you brought it down to a walk, you did a run walk, or you're still running, whatever the movement is, you're still moving forward. So you've got this. You are always going to be stronger than you think you are. And celebrating that, giving yourself the credit, and being your own hype person is really what I use to get myself through. And I'll just keep telling myself one movement one extra step at a time and going ahead using this as the time to have yet another form cue check your lower body are you engaging your glutes are you taking those quick steps what is your lower body doing that can help it make it just a little bit easier because Mm -hmm. again even the mental checklist of doing those form cues it's going to get you out of your head. You might say, oh, I have a knee pain or, oh, I have an ankle pain and that's fine. But adjusting your form and making sure that you're not aggravating those pains can oftentimes make the physical pain better in a physical sense and a mental sense. That was, a, I felt like that was a bit of rambling, but I'm hoping that you guys are following me. On no, that. I think it makes sense, first of all, to from what I'm hearing you say is kind of to be more objective during this, that checklist. And that helps you to get out of, instead of I'm miserable, objectivity would say if a stranger was going down the street, they'd be like, holy cow, you've just run however far. So concentrating on how far you've come versus how much you have left, helping you be objective with different tweaks that you can make also. And we say that a lot. You, you hear us say a little bit or a small, and it's because those really tiny little tweaks can make all of the difference in the world with how you feel in your strength and being able to push forward. So maybe spending some time on your cadence instead of focusing on just how far you have left, let's just spend 60 seconds thinking about our feet and making sure they're landing lightly underneath our hips and increasing our cadence just um, incrementally instead of trying to be perfect. I think that's another thing is there's definitely, what is it? Don't have the fear of perfection. You'll never attain it. I think Salvador Dali says that. So it's, we're not looking for perfection. We're looking for those small improvements that still could make a really big difference for us. 
And it's again, I'm going to break out another allergy analogy. It's like a splinter. A splinter is tiny compared to the rest of your body, but it hurts. It's an annoyance. You take out that splinter, as small as that little sliver is, it immediately makes you feel better, makes your body feel better. So trying to focus on the small things even more than the big things. And that's what I've been doing. I need to drink more water. I know I am not hydrating properly. So I've been putting down my beloved coffee after a couple cups or multiple cups, but I grab the water and I'm making sure that I know my body responds well when I give it fueling foods and eat some more leafy greens. So I'm trying to incorporate that more and focusing on how I know my body feels its best and not focusing on, oh, I've gained X amount of pounds or, oh, those shorts don't fit. And it's like, okay, well, I can't change that. But what are those little tidbits that I can do to make myself feel better and make my body feel better? And I'm still, you know, be like, hey, my body wants a piece of cake. I'm having a piece of cake. But I'm trying to change the mindset of that all or nothing, which is very easy to fall back into. Coach, I think that's such a great way of measuring it is progress versus perfection. So thank you for sharing that that's something that you're doing. What else would you recommend for folks that maybe are struggling with body confidence? Because you said yourself that you're kind of in a season of struggling with a bit of your body confidence right now. Yeah. And I, I just want to say like from a personal standpoint, you do have to give yourself some slack and it's, it's difficult, especially when we are inundated by images of what runners should look like. But the progress versus perfection really does hold so true here, not only to body image, but to your miles. I've fallen into the trap. Like I only have time for two miles versus the five I had planned. Well, it's progress. I'm being consistent. I'm building that mental strength of making it a quote unquote habit. So doing that to where, okay, maybe instead of focusing all your energy on what you're eating, look at the hydration. Maybe you're not drinking as much water as you need to. Maybe that's why you felt kind of crappy on runs. Maybe like we've talked with with Amy, maybe you're not fueling properly, whatever that looks like. I know as a vegetarian, I struggle with kind of balancing, getting all of my nutrients in. So it's something that I have to be extra mindful of. And if nothing else from this entire conversation, just take this one little portion of every day is a new day. Just like our runs, nothing's going to be perfect. Every day is not going to be perfect. And I like what you had said about, specifically about the New Year's, about not making resolutions per se. I make intentions and I keep it in a place where I can look back on. And realizing that I've done a lot that has nothing to do with my body or physical appearance in any which way. And finding those wins to keep yourself going. Because it's like, again runs. We have to find those things that give us the willpower 
to just keep going out there, keep getting out there and moving forward. And the same is going to take when you have those periods of crappy body image. I mean, everybody says, I want to be my high school size. Well, I'm not in high school anymore. I'm never going to be in high school again, thank God, because high school was not friendly to me. And I got to let it go and focus on the good that I'm doing now. We're going to have to eventually have a game where we figure out how many times I say I love it and you say let it go because I feel like let it go, frozen girl. You always bring that back. (laughs) So it makes me think of in one of our Quick Bites episodes where you talked about uh, spending a a bit of self-care time during your shower, that you took a very necessary uh, portion of our day in terms of it's not necessarily something to write home about, but you made it special. You took take an extra few minutes to light a candle, put on a special playlist for yourself. There's a something going around viral right now where it talks about when you feel everyone hates you, you just need to sleep. When you feel like you hate everyone, you likely need to eat. So when you feel like you hate yourself to take a shower. So do you think that there's those practical tips where people can utilize like what you're saying? Maybe it is hydration. Maybe it is changing up something in your nutrition where if you are in one of those lows, what can you do to take care of yourself in a way where, so I have a phrase as well. It's an empowering, it's one of my affirmations and I have it actually on my mirror and it says, I take impeccable care of myself. And when I first heard that phrase, it was like a mic drop, mind blowing, like, wait, do I actually make actions that show that I take impeccable care of myself? Because for the most part, if I'm eating really rapidly, standing up over the sink because I don't want to deal with crumbs, is that something that you would say is consistent with somebody who's taking really good care of themselves? Now, for the most part, that doesn't necessarily happen where I can sit down and have like this beautifully plated meal, but it does help me to make a decision where is this something that shows that I'm being integral with somebody who, who honors and takes care of themselves. So that's a big one. It's like, how can you make those little tweaks to show that you do care, that you do love yourself? Maybe it is after you're done with your run, spending five minutes on your cool down. And you guys know how I feel about the warmups and cool downs, but that shows that you're willing to take care of yourself beyond just the run. You know that you need to stay limber and give your body that extra sense of love. Um, so do you think besides your shower time, do you have other things that you utilize like that that show, yeah, I'm taking care of myself because I deserve it? I don't necessarily do it, but I was going to say about the mirror trick of actually, you don't have to necessarily write on your mirror, but you can have a picture or it printed and putting it up on your mirror somewhere. You're going to see it every single day of your favorite quote. I have my lock screen of my phone. And it's one of my favorite quotes by Gabe Grunewald. And it says, it's okay to struggle. It's not okay to give up. And I put that on my phone screen because I'm on my phone way too much like all of us humans are. So every time I pick it up, it's right there. Just reminding myself to keep going. Um, I do love my tchotchkes as well around my house. So a cheap version of doing that is to print something out, put it on your mirror, but maybe even get a little figurine for your desk that is just to be put there to remind you that you are strong, whether it's an animal that you have or one of the little wooden signs, but even something no cost, like going out for a walk, stepping away from your computer for a second, turning off the TV, unfollowing somebody on social media that doesn't make you feel good whether they are saying something bad or just 
it seems like every time you see their posts, you feel like crap. The unfollow button is free. And trust me, <laughs> no one's probably going to call you out for it. And if they do, again, going back to, oh, they're probably not a very happy person. That is such a good one. And something that I do definitely recommend is kind of looking at a way of cleaning up the media that we consume. We live in such a media-rich, content-heavy world right now. But also knowing that that while that may have some cons against it, it has some wonderful pros where there are a thousand really positive accounts that you can be following. So taking that time to do a little bit of, instead of worrying about that master cleanse where you're drinking lemonade and maple syrup and cayenne pepper, spend some master cleansing of the media that you consume and seeing what makes you feel good. If it doesn't leave you feeling inspired, motivated, empowered, or just gives you a good laugh, it likely doesn't need to be on your newsfeed or your Instagram feed or your TikTok for you page, whatever the case may be. So make sure you start changing the script on your algorithm, friends, and you do that by unfollowing or hiding. If you feel like there's somebody close to you and you don't want to necessarily unfollow them, you might need to just hide them for a bit of a mental health break from them. I actually did do that with somebody who I do know in real life. They were part of one of the big conglomerates that push what I feel are very damaging narratives. And I snoozed them for a while and then they would come back up and it made me physically angry and to where I would spend time wasting thoughts and wasting anger on what they were posting. And I had to just buck up and hit the unfollow button and... I still will hear about this person and it does make me angry, but I'm not consuming it on the daily. And even on Instagram, fitness professionals that I had started following because I liked content and then it started shifting. I just had to be okay with the fact that that's not what I needed to see. That's not what I needed to consume. And my newsfeed is now a lot of sunshine and rainbows and butterflies and It's why when we post, we strive to put that out there that, hey, we have good days, we have bad days. I would much rather want to hear about somebody's bad day and know that they're being real than another bikini photo that I I really don't care about seeing somebody else's boobs. Like, if you want to post it, that's fine. But if it makes me feel bad about myself, I'm going to politely see my, my way out without announcing it as well. So I think that there's a few takeaway items, friends, when you are resting up later today and maybe scrolling through your Instagram, if it causes a visceral reaction in your body where it frustrates you or angers you or just makes you feel where you judge yourself, that is a really good recognition of going back to our previous episode with Nicole, where she talks about trusting your intuition, trusting your gut instinct, physical reactions like that is your body's way of saying, Hey, I'm talking to you. You need to listen. This is just something that you probably need to detox from. So I like that. And then we're working into our, our final push. So what, what words of love and support and encouragement do you have for this final push? 
I am going to make a small edit. If anybody listening is posting bikini photos, I am rooting for you. I'm talking about those people in the <laughs> captions that like, I just drank lemonade and look at me. So with that being said, let's think about those posts that just anger you for a second. And we're going to use this minute to just let it all go in three, two, and one. Uh, yeah, I really, we need to start a drinking game with let it go. Because every time I say it, you're just going to have to take a hydration swig. But we're using this minute to just power through it. Think about all things that do make you irate about body image and narrative. And just realize how silly it all is. I mean, I don't know, Christine. I mean, again, let it go is a great term. But what's another affirmation that somebody could use right now? I, oh, that's a great affirmation with a few more moments to go. Just that you're capable and you're powerful. And I think knowing that you are able to power through is probably the best thing you could remind yourself of. And with that, friend, we're going to bring it back into our walking cool down in three, two, and one. Friends, again, this is your cool down time where we get to do coffee with the coaches. And because we got to talk a lot about body positivity and confidence and gear that we like to wear that kind of helps us. We are going to actually take this as an opportunity to talk about some of our favorite gear, our top three that we use when we need a little bit of extra boost to our confidence to get out for our runs. But we want to make sure that you still have an opportunity to get your coffee with the coach's question answered and, of course, be entered to win a $5 gift card. So please do reach out through episode notes. You'll see our form where you can send it in or you can call our Coffee with the Coaches line, and it is in episode notes. But coach, you want to lead this one? You have a question. Are you, how, how would you like to, to open up this conversation? Okay. So first of all, it was really hard to pick three things because I have a lot of, I did it basically running gear and I have a lot of running gear from over the years. So I mean, wait, I before guilty. you start, can we do a three, two, one? We both do our three and then go into the second one. So leave your very favorite for your number one. Oh, okay. Okay. So I my know first mean, one. <laughs> yeah, that okay. is mean. My first one is my running shoes. I uh, switched from another brand and currently run in the Brooks Ghosts 14s and mm-hmm. love them. I got a tie-dye-ish type of version that was for women empowerment and they just make me sing. So I am also a Brooks girl, and I think that I have not turned back since I originally got fitted at my local running store. And although the model that I was using is no longer available and they changed it, I still am into Brooks. I know, again, friends, you can have different shoes for definitely different types of miles. So by no means, our specific model may work for you for the way that you run, your form, your body shape. But I am a big fan of running happy with my Brooks as well. That's not my top three, though. Oh. Um, even though I do think my, my running shoes are magical, I didn't think of it as my top three because I kind of they're kind of mandatory, right? Like you can't really, I can't go out for a run without my shoes. So I thought <laughs> three things that really bring me that extra bit of joy. And for me, that is, and I've mentioned them before, but Boulder Athletic Wear, I love the company. I love their mission statement. I love everything about them. 
and I love their gear. I love their skirts. Like their skirts are so much fun. They bring me absolute joy and levity. And I like the, they have different cuts of skirts. And one of my favorites is their flutter cut because it adds a little bit of an extra bounce. And it just makes me feel a bit more whimsical when I go for a run. Plus I love their pockets because I literally stuff everything into those pockets. Those chipmunk <laughs> thighs that you mentioned before, like chipmunk cheeks. <laughs> That's a good one. My next one is a Sarah Marie Design Studio shirt that I'm actually wearing right now, as funny as it is. It's gray and it just says marathoner on it. And every time I wear it, I'm like, yep, I did that damn thing. Like, that's right. I got this. <laughs> I do love her gear. I love all of her collections. And I think we actually have one of her shirts. We got the best running friends shirt together. We do. Yeah, so I, I do. And I have a couple of her other tops. So I just love her gear. So she's a great one. I have so as much. Well. <laughs> Well, my second one is I love being part of the sports bra squad and I'm definitely into a handful. Um, I use a, a collection of different types of sports bras. So this is just the one that comes to mind. Again, I'm really big at using supporting companies that align with like my personal value system and handful definitely does. They have a really big cause where they donate proceeds um, to women who have had to have potentially reconstructive surgery or have had breast cancer. Um, so I just love them, but they're also incredibly comfortable. And my favorite thing about them is have you had those sports bras that come with those ridiculous, stupid like liners where it's like you just pull them out and throw them away because they yep. always get weird. They don't have that. They have the best cup liner. And from modesty's sake, I do like having that bit of the liner um, just if I so happen to get chilly here in Florida when it's 70. <laughs> so a handful has my heart and um, I'm going to have my boobs too, all taken care of. <laughs> <laughs> we went there. We went there. <laughs> we did. <laughs> all right. So now we're doing our number ones, right? Mm-hmm. My number one thing that I put on when I needed that confidence is a necklace that uh, was customized by Erica Sarah Jewelry. And it has my favorite saying that I thought of and it says, don't be afraid to fail, be brave enough to try. And it's sterling silver and I put it right on and I just feel like I can take on the world no matter what. How am I not supposed to use my catchphrase and say, I love it because I do love that. That's so incredible. So I already alluded to it earlier in the episode, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it yet again. I am such a huge fan of Sparkle Athletic. Their head sweats visors. I like running with visors versus hats, especially here in Florida. I feel like it helps with the cooling down and they're just whimsical and fun and Remember I talked about at the very beginning, having that extra little dose of sparkle, that imaginary glitter. They kind of do that in a way where it's still very athletically inclined. It's very practical, but still gives me that joy for when I need to feel a bit more confident for my run. And it makes you visible to cars and other pedestrians. So double win. Right? High five. <laughs> I love how you connected that. <laughs> Well, friends, you guys have absolutely slayed this time together. We do hope that you have some good takeaways, some things that you can utilize to help you feel a bit more confident, give you an extra boost. And if nothing else gives you an opportunity to just spend some time considering what can I do to help myself feel better? And maybe it is that detoxing of social media, or maybe it is taking some time to rehydrate, refuel, 
and of course include those French-tastic favorites if you re- while you're recovering and resetting from this run. We'd appreciate it if you take the time to subscribe and rate Time for Brunch on Spotify or Apple, as well as share our podcast with others. Use the hashtag TFBrunch on social media so we can continue to grow the community one brunch at a time. Or a quick bite, because you can check those out. It's a light movement-focused episode about 20 to 30 minutes long in length, and those release on Wednesdays. So friends, we will see you again when it's time for brunch, where you're going to be serving up more miles with a side of smiles. Take care, y'all.